0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And good evening. We are live right here on the Believe in Monsters podcast brought to you by the Believe Network. Joe Gaither and Lucas Berry in the house tonight, bringing you the Little Bears content, and we're very excited to uh, start a little summer series that will take us all the way up to training camp. Uh, before we get it going, and I asked Luke how he's doing, want to send a special Believe in Monsters birthday wish And a big bear down to our friend Chris Krogman. Chris Krogman taking the evening off, celebrating with friends and family, his 88th birthday. We just really excited (laughs) about him uh, making it 88. He looks great for his age. And uh, Lord willing, the creek don't rise, so make it to 89 next year. Make sure you get out to at Shy Bears 1985 and let Chris know you're thinking about him as he is celebrating the big old 88th birthday, hopefully the Bears can win another Super Bowl in his lifetime before the sands of time run out on Chris Krogman. But yeah, Lucas Berry, Chris and I have kind of just uh, kicked around a couple ideas of the ways to finish up the uh, rest of the offseason. And uh, I think we got something decent cooking here. Uh, well, obviously, we're all excited about seeing Justin Fields in his second week, second year and seeing Matt Eberflus take on his initial coaching, his initial foray into, into his head coaching career, uh, head coaching, uh, career. Uh, and so we decided, you know, we're not that old. We're not as old as Chris Krogman. Uh, really, I miss him tonight especially because the, uh, Period of time that the, that we're going to talk about this evening, both Chris Krog, or both Lucas Barry and I were 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 young were young kids. Uh, we're actually going to look back at the first years of each of several Bears coaches, uh, and, and so we're going to see how what that looked like for, for for the Chicago Bears and what that might signify for our Chicago Bears in 2022, and how the two might relate to one another. Uh, so we can get a good, you know, good idea of what might be in store for us this season. So Luke, thanks for hanging out and joining me tonight. Uh, I'm sad. Neither of us got invited to Chris Krogman's birthday party, but that's all right. Well, maybe we'll make the, the cut for the 89th birthday. Uh, but yeah, Luke, how are you doing my friend? Thanks for hanging out with me tonight.
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I appreciate you hopping on here with me tonight. Uh, we are missing our, uh, you know, dear friend Chris Krogman, and he is out having a great night. So, uh, good for him. You know, happy birthday, Chris, when you listen to this. And uh, you know, we miss you this week. But Joe, this is this this was your idea, and this is this is a really good idea. I think. Um, I think just even looking with our first coach tonight, we'll start with Lovey Smith. Um, a lot of similarities in what he was, you know, kind of forced to inherit and what uh, Matt Eberflus is forced to inherit here um going into his first season as Bears head coach um so Lovie Smith's first year was it was when Joe was that 2004, right? It was
0: 2004. He was hired in the 03 off-season. The Bears fired Dick Duron after going what 5 and uh, five and eleven. No, they improved on five. They were it went at seven and nine, and they ended up firing. Uh, they fired Dick Duran and started looking for a new head coach. And that that really didn't turn out. That the, the search really is where a lot of a uh, a lot of interesting things happened. Uh, just to put it simply, Luke, uh, our guy Jerry Angelo went out looking for a home run hire to replace Dick Duron and went out and tried to uh, offer the job to Jimmy Johnson. And Jimmy Johnson turned him down. And then he went out and tried to hire, uh, hire a higher defending national champion. Uh, Nick Saban, Nicholas Lou Saban from LSU and Nick Saban turned him down reportedly over, uh, over roster control. Jerry Angelo wanted to keep the general manager title and keep, keep uh, control of the roster. And Nick Saban didn't want to leave the pros without control of the roster. And so he turned them down as well. So Jerry Angelo ended up, ended up finding, uh, ended up finding Lovey Smith and and hired him, and he hired him over, um, excuse me, over then Steelers offensive line coach Russ Grimm. Uh, so he hires he hires Lovey Smith after kind of a bumpy coaching search, and the 20, 2004 season it was was then underway.
1: Where was wow. uh where was Lovey Smith at before he became the Bears head coach? He was a defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers.
0: Lovey Smith was with uh, was with Tony Dungy, yes, and he uh, no, he was at that point uh, with with the St. Louis Rams.
1: So he was under oh he was okay greatest show on turf with the St. Louis Rams. Gotcha. So yeah, he did coach for, for the Buccaneers from ninety six to two thousand as a linebackers coach, and then he was the Rams DC from two thousand one to two thousand three. Um, so. You know this is definitely, you know, a pretty um I think a, a a pretty striking resemblance to to the current state of the Bears. Um you know, Lovey Smith didn't necessarily inherit, you know, a great roster, especially on the offensive side of the ball and his first year as head coach, you know, that it kind of showed their offense was absolutely terrible. Um you know, uh the 2004 Bears only averaged 14.4 points per game dead last in the NFL. Um, you know, they went 5-11 and 11 that year. And just looking at their offensive depth chart, it was, well, to say the least, terrible. Um, you know, their leading receiver was David Terrell, who had 699 yards. Um, you know, they had Thomas Jones running back, other wide receiver, Bobby Wade, Desmond Clark. A bunch of linemen I've never heard of besides Olin Kroots. You know, they had John Tate on that line. Uh, Ruben Brown. It's kind of a, a, a bunch of no-name guys, and they had a lot of injuries, too. And uh, something to, uh, you know, we're hoping that turns out better than it, it did last time with the Bears is he also inherited his second-year quarterback in Rex Grossman. Um, and, and, you know, with Iber here, the, the resemblance is he's going in his second year with second-year quarterback Justin Fields. So, uh, you know, both kind of highly touted prospects coming out of college. We expect big things. And uh, you know we're we're hoping hoping that Fields is is better than Grossman, but it really does seem like history has just been on uh, you know an endless circle with the Bears the past two decades.
0: Yeah, I mean, you were looking at it earlier before we started recording, noticing the Vegas win total for the 2004 Bears was right at that six, six six-and-a-half wins range. And you look at our 2022 Chicago Bears, and it looks right about the same thing. So it's – I mean – is time a flat circle does it, are we doomed to repeat ourselves i mean if we are then i guess uh i guess 3 years from now we can look forward to a super bowl appearance with uh with Justin Fields and Matt Eberflus and their defense uh there 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 are really eerie similar uh, similarities you're taking over uh, uh lovey smith had, had uh had brian earlacker who was a, a pretty much a stud linebacker already at that time uh was was drafted uh with the first round first round pick in 2000 pick number nine so four years into his tenure his fourth year uh we, and, and that's and- roquan And did we draft Roquan Smith? Exactly. Pick number eight, uh, four four years ago. So really, really crazy, uh, crazy times when you, when you look at it now, uh, the, the general manager made some, made some pretty, pretty big moves, uh, signing John Tate to the big $33 million deal that we haven't seen that for, for our bears signing a big tackle, but, um maybe that's a little bit differently or different for for the ryan poles bears but you brought in running back thomas jones you you, you, kind, of, you kind of tried to do well, what you can go ahead let, i'm sorry
1: well let's look at this too the their draft class i mean their, their <laughs> like i said their offensive side of the ball was terrible and they they had pieces on defense you know they had her lacquer in his fourth year uh, you know, they had a Charles Tillman, they had a Lance Briggs already. So this defense did have some pieces to it already. Like Mike Brown, Brown at Black. safety. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their first two picks this year, you know, they went D tackle back to back. They went Tommy Harris and Tank Johnson with their first two picks. And, you know, the Bears, the Bears went, uh, you know, D back with their first two picks. But it's kind of one of those things where the, the rich get richer and, you know, just adding to an already solid defense. Um, and then the third round pick, the Bears drafted a uh, a wide receiver, Bernard Berrien. So that is very similar to us drafting Bayless Jones. Um, just kind of crazy similarities between these teams. You know, you can draw comparisons in any, any which way, but it is, you know, very telling. And, and what's, I guess, the end game of all this, though, was this draft class of all these defensive players turned into be key players in their Super Bowl run. Absolutely. Tommy Harris, Tank Johnson, Nathan Vasher all played huge roles in that Super Bowl run so maybe it is a good thing to take the best player available and on the board um, especially if you're confident in how they'll develop.
0: Yeah so uh, it's crazy when you're we're, we're looking back through this and in 2004 I'm, I'm sitting there at 14 years old or so. And I basically decided to be a Bears fan. Uh, I basically decided to be a Bears fan in Dick Duron's like second year. And so I was ready to see him fired at my young, ignorant, adolescent age. And I did not really have the internet access that I did, that I obviously do at the time. And so I didn't really realize that how much Nick Saban was in play and how much Jerry Angelo was kind of under fire and kind of in a weird place so uh it, you know looking through this this history uh it has been really kind of crazy to see he, the, the, uh, the other similarity is Levy Smith wanted to bring in his his defense his cover 2 defense obviously the Tampa 2 that he's now famous for um and and he combined it uh, with, uh, oh, with Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera being an 85, 85 bear uh, and Ron Rivera wanting to have a pretty uh, intense blitz package. And so the two of them basically mandated that their players uh, come, uh, go through OTAs and have have really heavy conditioning and lose a bunch of weight and, and really get after it. And, and, you know, <laughs> Does that not sound like matt Eberflus in his first or second of the week uh, get hope our players get their track shoes on we're gonna be running and then his hits principles and just kind of running through the ball and hustling all the time uh, now hopefully it doesn't end up the same sort of way uh that lovey's first season went because you're uh, as I'm reading through some of this history I'm seeing injuries pop up left and right and left and right and really destroy any hopes of of success in this first season. Brian Erlacher lost for pretty much all the preseason with a bad hamstring injury. Mike Brown te- uh, tears his Achilles. Charles Tillman hurts his knee. Like, y- y- you see in several injuries, uh, and it's very interesting. Grossman gross- was out pretty much all year. Yeah, Grossman gets hurt in the third third game, uh, and, lo- and he's lost for the season. So, oh my gosh, I'm hoping this is Tillman. not signs of things to come
1: yeah no and and what what else is crazy though is that you know this is one of the reflux's biggest influences is this style of defense and this this coaching style so you know talk about time being you know a, a flat circle this is this is pretty crazy um from 2004 to now it's it's like we're reliving it all over again <laughs>
0: Well, if that's the case, I can be patient for 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 two more seasons for to make a nice little Super Bowl run. Uh, we we just gotta t- hope and pray that. Well,
1: let's let's be real here. If the Bears, you know, if if Rex Grossman was the guy, they probably win that Super Bowl. Yeah, versus yeah. the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's a lot of reasons they didn't win. They still could have won if you know if if Mike Brown played that game, they they probably win as well. But. You know how had Rex Grossman actually been, you know, a pretty good quarterback, that team was as, as good as you're going to get.
0: Yeah, could yeah. have
1: definitely taken down Manning.
0: Peyton sucks. Omaha, Omaha. Well, one <laughs> one thing about this this 2004 season, uh, as we're kind of uh, jumping around here making comparisons, that uh, I really. Uh, enjoyed or loved and one thing about lovey that i loved as a young fan was when he got there he said our first goal our first goal is to beat that team up north you know and and, and you know what he he was entering that first season after seven straight losses to uh to, to the green bay packers um after seven straight losses to the green bay packers and you know the season didn't go well for for, for, for Lovey Smith. Finishing at five and eleven, but the first time they played the Packers up there in Green Bay, they went up there and took care of business. They 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 went up there and won twenty one to ten in week number two. Set basically set their season, what might have been on course had had Rex Grossman not gotten hurt in the next week, uh, but but really uh, set the tone for for how uh, how Lovey Smith wanted to approach you know the 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 baseline goal the baseline goal is beat the packers first then worry about winning the north then worry about other things and bigger goals and while matt eberflus hasn't espoused that as the main goal i would love to see that parallel because you know matt nagy uh, our previous coach and we'll get into him a couple a couple of weeks down the line uh, but matt nagy had such a, I mean, for uh, uh, until the last two years, a really strong record against the other NFC North teams, but just could not beat the team, uh, team in, in you know, in, in, in green and yellow and, and really hurt my heart every, every, every week, except for the, really his 2008, the, the Khalil Mack game really looked unprepared every time they played Green Bay. And so, you know, maybe that simple minded Neanderthal of me, I'm going to beat the Packers. But man, for me as a, as a young fan, that's where it all starts. You beat your rival first, and then you take the, the next step bigger down the line into the division. And so I love that about Lovey. and, uh, I would love to see that emphasis maybe not be spoken in the media because Lovey did get a lot of hell for that. (laughs) He did get a lot of hell for that. Um, But, but behind closed doors, let's make the first things first. I'd love to see Lovey Smith. or I would love to see Matt Eberflus embrace that, that principle and make that mirror uh, happen.
1: Well, that was one of their five wins that year. They beat Green Bay in week two you know that's you know you're i think you're absolutely right you know it, it has to be a priority to to beat these teams and not being able to do so you know can probably help you get fired sooner than later you know if you're a solid coach and you know you're not being the packers and you can't get over the hump like it definitely means a lot to the franchise for sure um and a lot of it comes down to to preparation and focus and and the whole nine yards so uh you're, I mean, you're, you're spot on. He made it a priority and he got it done. And, you know, a lot of that to me is is, is good coaching. You know, how, how can you get your players to respond and ignite a fire under them? So uh, would be nice to, you know, even if the Bears are in for a long year, to, to beat Green Bay once is, you know, a, a solid feather in the cap for Iberflush in year one. Yeah, let Lou Getze, you know, and and let let the,
0: the the team up north really, you know, know that the new regime is serious. That the new regime is not going to be a clown show. Ideally, like the last regime, you know, running Santa sleigh and all that crap, uh, which I mean was fun at the time, but ultimately turned out to be smoke and mirrors and and, and a clown and, and a clown show. So, uh, I'd like to see us get that done at least once this year. Uh, Matt, Matt Nagy really let me down in, in that area. I'm pretty sure only beating Gr- Green Bay one time over the course of his tenure. Uh, but you know, going back to this t- 2004 season, you know, Lovey Smith gets into it. He loses his his top middle linebacker, his top safety, his top corner in the second week in that win and then loses his quarterback in the third week in a loss to Minnesota. So you're three weeks into the season. You're now one and two on the year. Uh, You're you're one and two on the year against your three division rivals. You've restarted off the season against the division, and you're uh, not only one and two, but you've lost several, several key players. Uh, so it so really thinks things, things starting off uh, really tough for, for Lovie Smith. When you look at the overall record and you look at the offensive numbers, you think, well, yeah, they suck. but w- w- did they really suck? Or was there some circumstances that, that held them back? They ended up starting three other quarterbacks the rest of the year. Uh, Jonathan Quinn, who was god-awful, who was Tommy Shea, the offensive coordinator's hand-picked guy, to come in there and be the backup quarterback kind of sounds like a Nick Foles situation to me. Uh, Tommy Shea's hand-picked guy. They started rookie Craig Krenzel, uh, which the Bears didn't draft a rookie uh, this year, but they they started rookie Craig Krenzel and uh I have one more quarterback the, who who was the the, the other quarterback Chad Hutcheson, yes went five and uh went one and four so you start three other backup quarterbacks and in an offense that uh that Tommy Shea basically said was a compa the, the, the uh the offensive coordinator so was a complicated system and you never had another guy that could run it so uh yeah your offensive numbers were really really terrible the rest of the year but you faced a lot of you, you traded away your best receiver going into the year with Marty Booker you, now you ended up getting uh what uh, uh the uh the, the the defensive end from from the uh defensive end from, from the dolphins oh goodness i just had it
1: uh, I don't know who you're thinking of.
0: Yes, I just had it and you'll know it when I say it. Right there. Uh Angelo was negotiating with the Miami Dolphins an agent defensive end Adewale Agunier, Agun- on a contract when the numbers finally were met with the arrangement Bears sent their best wide receiver Marty Booker and a third round pick to Miami to make the Nigerian Royal a new Bear. Wale as he was known, led the AFC in sacks in 2003, and he it was believed he would bring a needed pass rush with him to Chicago. Uh, so you traded away tra- traded away your best receiver. So your offensive numbers, you know, already looking poor, and then you lose your quarterback. Uh, I don't I, 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 I don't know how much you can expect, and so spin that forward, Luke. We all know that we, we all know that you just let Allen Robinson go. Uh, Now you didn't you didn't get compensation back for it, and we've had discussions about Allen Robinson on this podcast, not loving his effort and not loving what he's given you. So, you know, your best receiver is Darnell Mooney. Love that as an as a young upside player, but man, once you get past him, what do you really see out of your receiving core? I I I, I am a. I'm concerned for, for this 2022 Chicago bears, especially if you get in a situation where Justin Fields goes down for a game or two or five. Uh, and, 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 you know, I, I wonder, Trevor where. Is, yeah, yeah. Trevor Simeon. Great. Ooh, let's do that. That sounds like a challenge. That sounds like a, ma- a massive challenge to me. Ooh. I don't really think that Luke Getzi runs uh, is going to run as complicated a, a, of a scheme as this Tommy Shea fella did uh, who was fired at the end of the so, year.
1: So, yeah. So this yeah. is, I, I feel like that's kind of a lame excuse, you know, when coaches are like, Oh, my system takes, you know, one or two or three years to implement before guys start getting it. It's like, that's just wasted time. Your guys should be able to, you should be able to implement a simpler system yes. that guys can learn and then build off of that in year two, three, four. Like there's no excuse for some kind of learning curve, especially when, you know, you're playing 17 games a year. If you don't make the playoffs and you know, time is all of the essence. You only have so many years, so many miles on these guys. You can't waste years by implementing your system. I mean, you don't even know how long you'll be around. So it's kind of a lame excuse in my book. And uh, we, we kind of let coaches slide with it way too often, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm hoping Getzy can just run a, a very simplified offense for, you know, a group of players who is probably well below average compared to the league. Um, you know, as simple as going to be better, you know, run the ball, run play action. Um, you know, I'm looking at this 2004 Bears team here. They rush for 1600 yards that's fine and dandy I'm I'm hoping this Bears team runs for over 2,000 yards this year honestly and I think they can I think Montgomery's definitely a thousand yard back I think Herbert you know maybe five to seven he has in him and then they're gonna need to allot 300 or so to fields and uh those wide receivers on, on some of those I think 2,000 yards is attainable but uh that's gonna be the Bears that has to be the Bears bread and butter this year um you know and uh they just don't have the wide receivers to, to be light, lighting it up through the air, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, this, this Bears team is, is probably going to be, I don't know. Let's just play a little game here, Joe. Sure. Yeah. Are you going to say they're going to go over or under the 2004 Bears point total of 14.4 points a game? Over.
0: Uh, yeah, over. Goodness gracious, I hope. <laughs> but over is my feeling at 14.4 is a pretty low number. I mean, you're, you're back in the Matt Nagy range right there. Uh, I mean, worse than that, honestly, Matt Nagy was 16, 17, 18 points a game if I remember correctly, but yeah, you got to go over 14.4. Goodness gracious. I mean, look at some of these results. Yeah,
1: 14, 14, four is terrible. <laughs> You've lost uh 16- it's also a different NFL now.
0: True, you're, you're you're 16 years later, right now you're 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 18 years later. You put up 16 and a loss, 10, 21 and a win, 22 and a loss, 9 10 nine, ten, seven, <laughs> 23. So like, oh gosh, just not good, uh, not good for the, for the Chicago Bears on offense. And you got to go over for 14 four. I'd see that if you give me that as an over under, I feel like that's easy money over.
1: Yeah. I mean, what do you think, realistically, what do you think the rubber under would be? 16 and a half, 17 and a half?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... Alright, 90- I see
1: that's a bit high for me. I, I don't think that, I don't know, they might be under that, 19 and change. I, I could see 17 and a half to 18 points a game for this Bears team, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'm probably... You know, little-
1: I hope it's more. I definitely do, but...
0: I, I think I'm probably a little optimistic there. 19 and change is is probably hopeful. I will let you know that today, uh, while live on on the air on my radio station, I did tell buddy that I, uh, I said the oh, well, the Bears are going to win the division this year. Now, partly I was just trying to exude confidence for the sake of the radio. Uh, but <laughs> I said, well, they're going to make the playoffs at least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I do think that it's possible but i also think that things have to go near perfect for them to uh right. for to 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 make those playoffs or so even at a wild card level. Uh now the NFC is not as strong as the AFC, but like yeah, I, do i think it's possible? Yes, but like when i sit back and look at it, things have to go near perfect. you, know, you can't have the injuries that Lovey Smith endured in his first season. Uh i, I mean namely and then we on defense, because you look at the the Bears' offense was what it was in '04. You've lost, you lost Rex Grossman. Okay, and you're you're having a starting uh, quarterback carousel. But if you kept Mike Brown healthy, if you kept Charles Tillman healthy, if you kept Ryan Erlacher healthy, how, do do you win two more games? Do you go seven seven and uh seven and nine? Do you, do you go eight and eight? Maybe. I mean, you, you you might. You've lost. Looking at some of these losses, you've got. A, a, a 10 to 13 loss to the red, to the then Washington Redskins. You've got, uh, you've got, uh, let's see, overtime win. Da, 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 da. So you've got a, a 21 to seven loss to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. You've got a 10 point loss to the Vikings. Uh, first week of December. Uh, you, you have uh, a a six point loss to the lions day after Christmas. So like you give me three, two of those, three of those with, with, with all your defensive players more and more active. uh, I I think it's possible.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, uh, definitely some strikes of bad luck there for lovey in his first year. Unfortunately, Um, you know, kind of tough to overcome all those injuries and that's just something unforeseen. Um, But you know, this Bears team, I would say currently they don't have a lot of depth and, you know, they are one or two major <laughs> injuries. I mean, you could say that for any team, but specifically this team, you know, they're I would say they're one or two major injuries away from, uh, you know, being a top five pick contender. Um, but obviously, you know, that that can happen to anyone anywhere. So uh, we don't like to think like that. You know, it's average bill of health. And, you know, I, I think they should probably exceed their win total of six and a half.
0: Let's, let's look at this, this aspect of the 0-4 Bears that might be interesting for, for us to see. Thomas Jones obviously came, came in uh, as a free agent. I believe he came in from the, uh, from the Bucks. Is that, is that, is that correct? Uh, he, he was signed as a free agent uh, is the point. And, and obviously led the Bears in rushing, uh, as, as you would expect. Uh, led the Bears in rushing with 948 yards. Uh, but then he also additionally led the Bears in receptions, total receptions with 56 total receptions. When you look at, you, you already touched on David Terrell leading with 699 yards. Thomas Jones first in receptions and third in total yards. Now he didn't score a, a, a receiving touchdown and he, but he had seven rushing touchdowns. So his total yardage for the season is sitting right there at thirteen fourteen hundred 1400 yards, both on the ground and in the air, all purpose. I think, uh, yeah, I've got it right there. 1375, 1375 for, for, for him in 2000 in 2004, as you said, was a different, it was a bit of a different era. What would that mean or what could a parallel mean for the Bears if, if uh, you're getting David Montgomery the ball at that high of a clip? I mean, obviously probably not going to be leading the team in receptions, but the point is at a very high clip uh, out of the backfield, pass, uh, receiving the ball as well as being the number one option as a running back.
1: Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, there's definitely a parallel there. Um, What I think is different about this Bears team, though, is I think that running back room as a whole is is very much a strength for them. Um, You know, I've talked about how how good I think Khalil Herbert's going to be this year in this offense. You know, you have David Montgomery, who I expect massive numbers from, you know, twelve hundred plus. And, uh, you know, they just also have a lot of receiving weapons that they can use in the backfield. You know, I expect to see Valus Jones getting snaps in the backfield and, and Byron Pringle occasionally. And, um, you know, guys like that who are just phenomenal athletes, really good uh, with the ball in their hands, you know, after the catch specifically. Um, so I think, you know, the parallel to Thomas Jones that year is that I think the Bears backfield as a whole will be a strength. And, uh, you know, they're going to they're gonna be passing these guys a lot the ball out of the backfield, whether it's Montgomery or some of these other guys that can work in.
0: Yeah, so we continue to go through the season. You, you you've lost to the Viking. You started off one and two, and then you you, you lose to the Eagles nine, uh, 19 to nine, a, a cruddy game. Your first game with the with that backup quarterback you get a bye week, you lose a cruddy game to the, the the then Washington Redskins, uh 13-10, you lose again to to the to the Buccaneers, 19 to 7. So you're not you're not getting really blown out in any of these ball games. No. Uh, but and then you you went 3 in a row miraculously, honestly, uh, against the the 49ers, at the Giants and overtime with the Titans. Uh, you see your rookie, Nathan Vasher, in that first win, get himself a pick six to uh, to kind of seal the deal. Uh, love to see our, our rookie cornerback get himself a pick six, make his mark on on the team and on the season. And you continue your cruddy season. You, you, you get blown out. Your first real big, bad blowout, the Colts knock you out 41-10. And then you're on Thanksgiving. Uh, at the Cowboys getting beat 21-7. So, you know, the season's just kind of off the rails at this point at 4 and 7, but you are still technically, well, really at uh, 4 and 6 going into the, Cow- the to the Thanksgiving week, you're still in a playoff position in the 100 yeah, you're in that in the hunt graphic, which I really hate as a fan, to be honest with you, because it's just like we're not really in the hunt, but you're putting us up there to make me feel good. You close the season basically one, two, three, four, five, six, one and six, uh, with the only win coming against your divisional rival, uh, Minnesota Vikings. You you avenge the uh, you avenge the five point loss in week three uh, by by beating them by ten at home. And so your season, if you don't mind me skipping on kind of a, a, putting a bow on it, uh, Luke, but your season's over at 5 and 11. You've beaten uh two of your division rivals and then you, you get, you know, the the Giants, uh 49ers and Titans as wins as well. Uh but you know, there seem to be some encouraging signs from the, from the season. Uh, you, 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 with the, defense, with the building with Lovey Smith, you're trying to kind of, you know, get things right. Your offensive line has not looked that good. Um, you've given up a lot of sacks apparently for the, for the season. And you've been playing a lot of different quarterbacks. You, th- you think, oh, if I can have Rex Grossman back healthy next year, maybe we, 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 we might have something worth building here you know, with another receiving option.
1: Yeah, I mean the next year the Bears won eleven and five. I mean we're not going to dive too much into to the second year, but you know they at, well after this season, you know Lovey's first year they had pick number four. Um, the draft they had that after this season really wasn't that good. I mean they drafted Cedric Benson there fourth overall. Uh, they <laughs> yes. took a wide receiver oh, in the second God. round. A um, bunch of guys I've never heard of, but uh, you know if the Bears are blessed enough to. Be picking top five this year. I think there's some absolute studs uh, who could definitely help them. Uh, you know, we're we're not going to dive, dive too far into the pro. Oh, man. I mean, if we're picking top five, I'm thinking Will Anderson or Jalen Carter. Oh, my gosh. If Will Anderson
0: ended up on my Chicago Bears, I would be super, super stoked. Well, uh, I've, obviously,
1: I've, I don't want us to be in that position at all. Yeah, I mean, well, there's Will Anderson, Jalen Carter's an absolute beast too at three tech. Uh, he's probably he was arguably. What do you think? Do you think he's Georgia's best defensive player?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he he was right there as a rock on that on that defense. Um, and, and you know, as much help as we do need on offense. Uh, obviously, we've we've all we've talked at length on the podcast about the wide receiver position. Who's going to be the next guy who can we go get but you know you can continue this Chicago Bears kind of mindset of continuing to build the defense and get offensive skill players late I mean we have seen wide receiver really become a position of real value a lot like the running back position what uh, kind of tur- turned into and we've talked about we've talked about David Montgomery and what his future might be with the Bears and Khalil Herbert and how he can uh you know how he can assert himself and maybe make uh david Montgomery not expendable that's too ruthless of a word but but, but more or less uh, earn earn the starting role at, at, by the end of the year look, looking into 2024 uh 2023 excuse me 2023 but really, I mean, if you're picking in that top end range, I think you probably are going to go back to the defensive side of the ball and get an edge rusher or get a defensive tackle or go back and and get another an line offensive head. tackle. Yeah, oh gosh, offensive tackle would be so sweet at this point. Um, I'm very, I mean, Luke, uh, our, the 2004 Chicago Bears paid an offensive tackle, uh, paid uh, 33 million dollars. Uh, to come on in there, uh, see uh, John Tate to thirty-three million dollars, and all this is due to Tommy Shea, the offensive coordinator. That was probably a lot then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, c- claiming his system needed quote two left tackles were needed in his system, uh, and if you're running a system like that, oh, I think you maybe have a little bit of problems. But they, but they, they brought in reuben Brown, all pro guard. I mean, like so, you, they off they tried to beef up the offensive line. For rex grossman's second year i don't know that ryan polis can really say that he's done that i mean obviously we 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 went to the back end of the draft and and threw a bunch of names on on the wall and we we, we've had michael Gus on to talk about several of those offensive linemen and what they might be able to present to the team but
1: the sounds sounds like this bears team is throwing around money too though i don't know (laughs) What their cap situation has looked like, but it sounded like they're well under it if they're if they're able to sign multiple All Pros. And then at the end of the day, we look back at this and we say, this team sucked anyway. It Doesn't matter. (laughs) You can you can throw you can burn your money with all the high price free agents you want, and it looks like they still give up a ton of sacks and their offense overall was garbage and didn't matter.
0: Yeah, how many say? Did they give up? Because I was reading that earlier. 66 total sacks that season. Really terrible. Really, really been terrible. How many did Fields
1: take last year? 50-something? Too many. Justin. He took 22. Well, no, that was week 1-7. to No, that uh, was in the Browns game.
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, he, he was sacked 36 times last year in his starts. And the O four 4 team gave up 66 as a whole. Oh, gosh. How'd you like to play behind that offensive line? The Bears in 0-4 gave up 66 sacks, and we thought Justin Fields last year taking 66 sacks. Now, granted, he didn't play the entire year. Um... Was a was a lot, and and it was a lot. But golly, imagine playing behind that offensive line. that gave up sixty six sacks. No wonder Rex Grossman got himself hurt. Now he got himself hurt diving for the end zone. But that can't be. That can't help.
1: No, I mean, like, like I said, you know, I am not a huge proponent of spending big in free agency. I would have liked to see the Bears bring in some, you know, cheap veteran help, but and they didn't. But you know, it just goes to show that you can throw all the money you want at, you know, some of these high high price free agent linemen, and and still not be successful. Um, there's there's a lot more that goes into it.
0: So I don't, I don't I don't really have a whole lot more parallels to make from 2004's initial season for uh, for for Lovey Smith, but I do want to kind of put a big bow on Lovey Smith's tenure with the Bears. His first season was bad. It was um, going five and 11 uh, finishing last in the, in the, in the North. He finished after one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine total seasons with the bears going 81 and 63 and making the playoffs three times. Now, granted, you'd like to see that number be a bit higher uh, in, in nine years. But you go, you know, getting to two NFC Championship games, winning one of them. Uh, obviously, lo- lost the Super Bowl to Peyton Manning. We've kind of touched just uh, briefly on that. But as a whole, the nine years turned out to be, uh, and and maybe this just shows my this, the sadness for me, and, uh, my circumstances as a Bears fan. His nine years proved to be the most stable nine years. Of my Bears life, by my Bears fandom life, uh, and and by stable meaning the team looked ready to play pretty much weekly. Now was the offense ever that great? Not really
1: ever. And then they never really solved the quarterback either.
0: Right, and uh, they brought in Cutler uh, kind of uh, after the after. Uh, after getting rid of Kyle Wharton and, and Rex Grossman, but you brought in Cutler, and then you gave him a new offensive coordinator nearly every single year. So the offense never really panned out to be that great. But the team looked prepared every single week, in my opinion, and you know was well coached. And uh, you, and really, what stung my heart was that la- was his last year. Lovey Smith firing him after going. 10 and 6 and missing out on the playoffs on a tiebreaker where you're pulling for who was it you're pulling for the Packers to beat the Vikings and they didn't that week I, th- I believe is what it, what, it, what it was on the final week of the year and I guess you can say you, you don't need to leave leave your playoff fate into other teams hands but man when we get ahead into next week uh, uh, for, for, for our next coach and, and the circumstances <laughs> around that uh you look at lovey smith's tenure and yeah you only made the playoffs three times in nine years but dang dang luke was that sunshine and roses in our bears life
1: <laughs> well you know you know how the saying goes you know the the devil you know is sometimes better than the devil you don't so uh you know we'll take making the playoffs you know 33 percent of the time and knowing that you're gonna fight in week in and week out for and you know and have a team that really likes the coach they're playing for and you know the team never really felt like, oh, this team is just gonna be felt like they had a chance under Lovey Smith. And, you know, if sometimes just maybe it's just because we root for such a overall poor franchise, you know, over <laughs> time that we're just looking for stability um but you no know, i truly felt like the bears you know with that core of guys could have won the super bowl any of those years
0: so let me just read you this fellow's like one sentence notes on week by week for these games and just kind of see if this sounds familiar uh week 1 lion 16 to 20 he writes last second loss week 2 obviously you beat the packers we just touched on finally beat green bay Week three, lost the Vikings. Grossman hurt. Week four, Quinn sucks. Week five, Quinn sucks. Week six, Quinn really sucks. Week seven, you put Craig Krenzel in. Is Krenzel better? Then you beat the Giants and, and Alex Brown, we, we, we know that name, Brown four sacks. He was an NFC defensive player of the week that week. Uh, you beat the Titans in overtime. OT win on a safety. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Uh, you you, awesome. you crushed you are crushed by the by the Colts. It's just shredded by Peyton. Uh, you lose to the to the Cowboys. Thanksgiving stinker. Uh, you beat the Vikings. And then Hutch better and better. Uh, lost real bad to the Jags, twenty two to three, ugly loss. You lost twenty four to five. Oh my gosh, twenty four to five to the Texans. Bears cold in the cold. He <laughs> lost to the Lions. Bad call loss on a six point loss. And then uh oh yeah, this the lost to the Packers on the last week, beat by backups.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it. uh it's a pretty uh seems familiar, all too familiar kind of recap, so that bears there. Uh but just some concluding thoughts on this episode is that I think that the the defense has the same similar amount of pieces as that oh four team did. And I think the defense should be really good. I think they have potential to be top 10, which would be better than that 2004 defense under Lovey Smith. And uh, I think the offense, I just have ultimate faith in Justin Fields of him being a very good player. And I think the offense will definitely be better than the 04 Bears. And that's why I'm saying the Bears are going to win more than six and a half games this year and could probably be a team that could surprise some people. Now, I don't think they'll be, you know, I don't think they'll make a playoffs, but I think they'll have that similar fight and attitude that they had under Lovey where they'll play hard every week and be in most games. And, uh, you know, I think they'll win a few more of those close games that they lost under Lovey because I think Fields is better and the offense will be better than what they did in 04. Absolutely. So just to put a cap on it
0: for the awards, Owen Krutz was named to the Pro Bowl in 2004. And then you had uh, Brian Urlacher and Alex Brown, both won NFC Defensive Players of the Week. Actually, Brian Urlacher won it twice, um, and Alex Brown won it once. Uh it recruits, it was his fourth Pro Bowl appearance. And so, uh, you know, you had a couple of bright spots uh, just, for, just on that defensive side and on the offensive line. Love to see Roquan Smith kind of be that leader that Brian Erlacher was. Love to see, you know, the bears develop, you know, if if Robert Quinn can can become a decent pass rusher, we've touched on him, whether he's going to get traded or not. That still seems to be up in the air. If you're looking for an update on that, Um, it it seems like Ryan Poles is kind of looking for the right package, if that's going to happen or not. Uh, But, you know, so, so several bright pieces, Uh, Luke touched on the the next the 2005 record was much much better obviously Um, and you know if this season is hard to watch for you as a Bears fan hopefully there will be good pieces that that that, that, you know emerge and and grow and build on that we can take into 2023 now I'm with Luke I think that you're gonna win uh, the, the over uh, win over six and a half wins. I think is what what he what he said earlier. Uh, but I definitely think you're going over the five wins that the 2004 Bears put on. Uh and and I'm you know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful until I'm always kind of hopeful until there's not a not a chance to be hopeful. And I, I just think with new coaching schemes on the offensive side of the football, you're going to see a lot. You're going to see a better productive offense than you probably have under uh, under any time under the the ball bastard that we just got rid of. Um, and, and I think the defense has a lot of really solid pieces. I'm really excited to see what happens on the defensive side of the football with. Uh, Dequan Brick, you're pairing up with Eddie Jackson, hopeful that that can revamp Eddie Jackson's career and make him back into a big time playmaker. Like, like our man, Mike Brown was, uh, I think Jalen Johnson has a lot of potential kind of like our man, Chris uh, Charles Tillman was. So there's a lot of pieces that are really like about this upcoming bears team. And, and just like, I'm, I'm sure a lot of bears fans felt going into the Oh four season, a lot of pieces to like now, as we've touched on already, a lot of depth issues uh, on our team that seem to have been on, uh, seem to have been a plague on the O4 Bears. So it's going to be interesting to see how it pans out uh, once we get into the season, and 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 hopefully, ideally, we all stay healthy. And and just you know, if, if they stay healthy, I really like the chances to to be effective and to and to fight in every game. I think Matt, uh, I think Matt Eberflus is going to share that same sort of quality with Lovey Smith making sure the bears are prepared. And that's part of the that's part of the thing that drove me nuts about Matt Nagy's tenure is that some weeks they looked ready and some weeks they looked like they'd never played football a day in their life. And we've touched on that on this podcast before and we'll get into that on the Matt Nagy episode in a handful of weeks, but I think it's really eerie. Some of these parallels, Luke, I think it's really eerie and, um, <laughs> it's going to be fun to kind of see as the season goes on. Uh, if any of these parallels hold true.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping this is the, uh, the closest parallel here. Cause if we, like I said, if we got another lovey Smith on our hands, we'll be very happy about that. But, uh, we'll go into some not so happy, uh, coaching first year coaching experience next week and the week after that. So, uh tune in stay tuned and uh bear down it was a good
0: episode with you tonight joe absolutely chris we miss you but uh we'll look forward to hearing from you next week uh i we'll we'll, we'll put chris up to the 2 minute lovey smith test because he was uh let's see if he's 89 uh, if he's 88 now that was 18 years ago he was 70 at that point so uh so his his memory uh will probably be much better uh than our adolescent memories uh or for that so uh look if you want to join me you can absolutely if you don't want to that's okay too uh but i'll just go ahead and close close it down unless you have anything left to uh left to add shut it down baby hit it all right bear down chicago bears make every play care the way to victory Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. Fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T-formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears, and let them know why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois Chicago Bears. Bear down. Bear down. Hey, before you clo- you hit stop, um, I do want to say just a real quick thing that uh we're thinking about the folks that were involved at in Highland Park uh o- over this past week. Um, gun violence is a terrible thing, and I know probably a lot of our listeners are right around the Chicago area. We've touched on the on the podcast a handful of times that we're not in the Chicago area, but big-time Bears fans. And not, even though we're not in the Chicago area personally, a lot of our friends are, and we felt that with you. And, man, I'm, I'm praying for for the victims of, that, of the Highland Park shooting, and I really think that's a terrible thing.